Hello there. Welcome to Dewan Shrimpton's first ever podcast. This could be the worst thing you've ever done. I don't know why you're listening to this, but this could explain a lot. This could even question your friendship with me. Well, I'm glad I'm doing this. I really wanted to do this. Why? Why, you ask? Why? Why? Main reason is because I think it's funny because we're in actually the audio um, golden age of audio. Unbelievable. So technology's actually gone back. It's not TVs, video, YouTube, podcasts. It's massive. Why you ask? I think the main thing is because people miss having conversations. To be fair, that's what I miss: real conversations. Because and with people that you really can't, you don't have any contact with anymore. The biggest problem these days is you just talk about sport. For me, this is for me. I'll talk a, a lot about myself here. About. Um, football and all these conversations, but you don't really dwell into any conversation when you see the boys, see your parents, see your friends, workmates, it's all just fucking rubbish. Half the time, actually 99% of the time. So that's why the growth, and also, when you listen to a podcast, how, how do I listen to a podcast? I go for big walks, or I just listen to it in bed, trying to go to bed. So, um, so you don't fidget, you don't look at other things, you actually concentrate on the podcast. I can't even fucking watch a Netflix film anymore without looking at my phone or looking at my room, make, going down, make some toast with some peanut butter and put a honey and making myself a cup of tea. Go back up, 20 minutes later, I go back down and make myself more toast now with avocado because I feel like some savoury. And that's my fucking life, you know? And that's a lot of people. So I'm glad podcasts are big. It's really changed my life. Like, there's a lot of interesting people out there that all these topics really changed about my thought process about a lot of stuff. Has not made me a fucking retard, but it's good. So, um, as all, as you all know, I've been in London at, for the last couple of months. It's been really good. It's um, I wouldn't say it's life changing because everything's fucking the same these days. You go everywhere, everyone's doing the same shit. It's colonised by American culture. But it still does have that London English feel, I guess. First two months, obviously, I hit the drink real hard. Went pretty crazy. And then I went... I was just feeling a bit down. But I guess... But that's that middle-class depression. That, upper, that, you know, that... It's not real depression. It's where you're feeling down because you're feeling an absolute fuckwit. So I thought, what was I doing wrong? I wasn't exercising. Tick started doing that. Um, I wasn't uh, doing my own washing. Tick started doing that. I cleaned my room, kept that in cl- like really clean. What else? I wasn't cooking. So I started. So I started to cook again. That was really important for me. And then that actually made me think about a lot of stuff. That process. So I thought about a lot of stuff I enjoy. It's just a journey of stuff. Like, cook, uh, cook a lamb stew. I fucking love cooking a lamb stew. Like, what would I get for la- lamb stew? I get one kilo of lamb shoulder off in the bone. Anchovies. Fucking large carrot. Um, two onions. Celery with the leaves. Because you're going to use that as a garnish. Three potatoes. Garlic. Chili pepper. Fresh thyme. White wine vinegar. Two tables. Um, two tablespoons of it. Plum tomatoes. 250 stock of fresh stock from the butcher, if you can find it, and salt and pepper to season it. 
And I thought about that. And, like, like that whole process of you going into, like, to buy stuff, that journey is so powerful and it's so enjoyable. And that also that little anxiety from you trying to look for that, that fun anxiety, f- look for those ingredients. Because I was, I was eating shit food and going to restaurants. Restaurants are, could be... I think could be the most overrated things in the world. And I love restaurants. You know why? Because it, it just takes over, like, you lose that journey, that preparation for food is so important. I think some Greek philosopher by um, some um, Papadopoulos, Papadopoulos or something, some, I don't, I'm just joking, some Papadopoulos guy said that you've got to eat together, you got to, as a family, all the time and be happy. That's very important. And I, I truly believe that. Back to the lamb stew. Back to the lamb stew. What do you do? So you cut the lamb into wide chunks, probably like, cut it as you want, you know, fuck it. I'm not into like this old measurements, doing all that stuff. It's a fucking stew. Combine it with the olive oil, salt and pepper. Season it very well. I hate people when they don't season meat well. Fucking season that. In a large pan, make sure you put the pan on. Don't, don't, don't. Add the oil, wait till the pan's hot, then add the oil. Shear the lamb for a couple of minutes, make sure there's colour on, you know, fucking sides. Take it off. No, keep it on, you <laughs> know what I mean? Add the carrots, all the vegetables, add the cloves, cello peppers, keep stirring, keep stirring, add everything. Use um, a bit of love, you know, just add shit, have fun. Add your glass of white wine, do that shit. And cook and let it cover for like 20 minutes. And then just season. Wait till the beef is tender. Do whatever. You know, then add your potatoes in when it's the last 35 to 40 minutes because you don't want to add the potatoes at the start. And then, yeah. And then add your frozen peas at the end, whatever. But yeah, that's the process. And I was thinking. And I was thinking. I started cooking a lot. And, I was, and it's, it's made me really happy and made me realise something. Half things about like the journey. It's like me, you go to a sporting match. People think they're so loyal to their football clubs, like their business football clubs, but that's so fake. I love going to sporting match, but it's half thing. It's like, all right, we've got to get to this game at three thirty. But you know, do you want to eat before? Or do you want to have three beers before the game? But you, you want to eat some beer. You want to eat something because then you're not smashed at the game. You got to meet your mate. Oh, you got to meet. Timothy Sullivan's call out to Sells at t- t- fucking Windsor Station at 12.30, but then he could be late. He's looking for parking. I don't drive because I'm a cunt. So, like, there's all these issues, Like, but it's a fun anxiety, fun issues. You've got to get to the game, get tickets. Will your ticket work? You don't know if it's going to work, but you know it's going to work. It's always work, but you're thinking about, is it going to work? Stuff like that. Some stupid, do you want to meat pie at halftime or chips, or do you want to eat at three-quarter time? You know the beer's finished at three-quarter time, so you're going to get 16. But then, like, you like half stuff, you think about it, it's just the enjoyment of the process. So that's why... I think it's very important for everyone to um, do stuff that takes a long time, but fun stuff. It's not like tedious shit, like washing or whatever, cleaning or that gay shit. You're like going to the movies. I remember where I grew up in Balaclava, there's a, a video vision shop where there's DVDs to borrow. And you could borrow like five old, like, wait, five 
five movies and two new releases for like ten bucks, ten Aussie dollars. And um, but the whole process, the whole journey of that, the most fun bit, not the movies itself, the best bit about that whole process was going in on Friday, and look and looking at like looking for movies in that shop and then you might see a couple of girls that you never talked to or you might be with your girlfriend at the time it's exciting because you get to have a little mini date that you organise so the stuff you can and that was exciting but you can do that like going to the movies that's exciting like you know getting there in time choosing what you want do you want popcorn do you want lollies you know and then you know and then after you get to talk about the movie so I think that's very important that people are not doing at the moment. It's just that, that process, that journey, they're um, making it short. And half the time, the best part is like, I think the extension of it, but not the actual event. It's like the whole process. It's like me going back to that lamb stew, that fucking lamb stew, that Italian delicious lamb stew is, I think... It's just important that um, the cooking process, that is a fundamental skill in life that a lot of people don't have. And I, I do, and so that's a skill I have that I'll, I'm, I think I'm a good cook. Actually, I fucking know I'm a good cook. But I think that's important for a lot of people. I think it's important to be part of that. Oh, fuck. Um, so, yeah, that's, my pro- that's an important thing that I think... Everyone should get into. So I've got nothing else to fucking speak about. Oh, wait a second. How's your dating going? Oh, fuck. I have some putrid stories. I have absolute some putrid stories. The worst thing about dating in London, or like going on dates or doing all this shit in London is, no one wants, brunch is not a thing here, or meeting up sober. Like, I don't think and it's meeting up sober is a big thing. But the problem with me is because I'm a, I love that they drink. It's like drinking and dating for me never works because once I have a beer, all I want to do is drink beer and that girl just like disappears, you know. But she's just there for me. So all I'm thinking about is drinking six beers and then, um, and, and then that's it. And then and, and she's just a bit of a bonus. But if I had a sober date, you know, it's hard to get a sober date in London. Hey, do you want to go for brunch? Fuck off, let's go to the pub for a beer. All right, mate, fuck, relax. But yeah, I have a funny date story actually. I <laughs> have a very funny date story. Oh gosh, I don't know if I want to say it. Should I say it? Oh fuck it, I'll say it. So down in Bermondsey, it's like where I finally live, you cross the Tower Bridge and everything. It's like 20 minutes, 25 minutes from where I, from where I live. There's, um, there's this kind of like cozy bar, pub. And there's this um, older girl in there. And let's just say she's a, she's a bit overweight. She has a bit of ch- chub about her. <laughs> I don't want to... I don't wanna, yeah, fuck it, I'll say it. And then had a couple of beers, five. She's all that. I'm, I'm curious. I was, and then five, six beers. She's fucking hot. And we're flirting. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to fuck it. Fuck it. So, what I do is, um, we, obviously, I'm like, do you want to come back to mine? Because it's only a 25-minute walk. She's like, oh, can't, can't we catch an Uber? I'm like, what? It's like a 25-minute walk. 
Well, it wasn't 25, so it's like probably 20 minute walk. It's quite a nice walk because like, I thought we could walk the Tower Bridge and you get to see stuff, talk shit, maybe get us pash, stuff like that. Anyway, I didn't realize that she's fat and that she's lazy. Big thing. Didn't take that into calculation. So I, we, so we walked and she walked so slow. I got sober by the time we walked because she cause it's so, it's just so fucking slow. And then as we walk up, I could, I live in like two stories up, so we walked up a lot of stairs. And I kid you not, when we got up the stairs, she's puffing and sitting in the bed. She's like, "Can I have a glass of water?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm sober by this time." I'm like, "Fuck." Fuck, I'm going to have to do this. Because I can't just not do it. She's in my bed. I've got no choice. So that was a big problem. So I got got, got to the kitchen. It's a bottle of whiskey. I had a shot of whiskey. Now my phone in. I shot two whiskeys. Gave her a glass of water. She took her clothes off. Closed my eyes and just did it. It was awful. Awful experience. So yeah, I'm not gonna do a fat girl again. I'm kidding you not. You know what? Fuck you, fat people. Fuck you. You know? Lose some weight. Think about me. You know, it's not that hard. Eat less calories, go for exercise 25 minutes. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, fuck. I sound like a dick, don't I? I do, I do. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's my day at the moment. It's just awful. I'm an awful person. I really am. Um, so, I guess what's really different about Europe, I guess London, or I say London and Melbourne, is the main thing is um, the long hours, the darkness, how wet it is, constantly fucking rains. Couldn't believe it, but it's quite nice. Everything's quite heated, I still love it. So, it's not bad in that sense. But also, I, I was thinking about it, I went. Let's go back to the why I think podcasts are important, actually. A major thing for why I think podcasts are really important. The major thing for me is um, I was having dinner. I got invited to have dinner with this guy. He's this English guy. He's a really nice guy. And um, I went over to his house. He made me a nice roast. And uh, we had a couple of bottles of wine. And we're talking. And he really controlled that narrative of the of what we're talking about. He's talking about immigration. And he's, he's, a pretty, he's a really nice guy, but he's talking um, about all these thought processes and all this stuff that I, I disagree with. But because he was there in front of me with his eyes, with his body, with body language, and he's controlling that, you know, that power. And I was agreeing with him. I was like, yeah, yeah, fuck this. And then after when I was walk, going back home, caught the tube, put on my headphones, listening to some... David Bowie. I've been actually listening to a lot of David Bowie lately. And then I realised one thing, that, um, that, he's, that he's incorrect, that I disagree with all his shit that he speaks about. I couldn't actually disagree more. But that's, that's when I thought about why podcasts are so big, because you don't see someone in the flesh. You don't get, he doesn't get body, I think body, eye control and all that shit, so important. It's like that Hitler shit. And so you get to get really, get, listen to a podcast and really think about your own thoughts and really digest it in a way that's not like that human controlling. I think a lot of people forget that. They go to all these dinner parties, they have conversations with people, but they've been just controlled that whole time. Their narrative's been controlled. Because the person who's, 
talking is probably more powerful, they know how to speak better, they know how to body language, positive. So that's a major thing that I think podcasts are so good. It's a major thing that you'll see all these intelligent intelligent people from different cultures. Like right now I'm listening to a lot of this guy called Blind Boy. He's fucking so good. This Irish guy. He's from a he's has this funny band called Rubber Bandits. They sing this song called Black Man that are fucking hilarious. And and oh, the music's shit. It's from it's not my type. It's not my type. It's not my type. So sorry, Blind Boy, I love you. Call out to you, Blind Boy. You inspire me. Um, so that's so, and he's Irish, and he's talking about his problems and all that. And it's so different. It's so good. And obviously, a lot of obviously a lot of, lot of American guys, Joe Rogan, Sam Harris, all those guys are big for me. I I listen to Sam Harris, the major one for me. So fucking smart, that, but in a good way. He's he's, he's progressive, and and he goes on about um a lot of stuff at the moment. So I guess um I guess major event has happened. A major event has happened. Let's go like culture major, a funny one. So Liam Neeson, you guys know Liam Neeson. He's um the guy that everyone knows that can't about Liam Neeson. He was talking today, last week in media about his new movie. He was having a release, and it's about revenge and that. So he was talking about how one time. A close friend of his, maybe family, I forgot, got raped by a black man. And when he found out, he was furious. As, as you can imagine, that's someone really close to him. Extremely close to him. As, I would be fucking furious. So with that rage that he couldn't control, because at that moment, he said he... He got a baseball bat or a metal pole, went around the streets looking for a black man, in brackets, with my little fingers, to bash, to beat up, to kill. He said to kill. Did he do it? No. Then in one week time, after that, when his anger realized, calmed down, he realized that that was such a stupid thought, that he was so dumb to think like that. And he was racist, that he's racist, and that he shouldn't have taught that. But that blew up. The media, the left wing, the calling out culture went nuts at him. Went absolutely nuts at him. But that's made me realise something now. To how um, the left has actually done what the right wants to do is control everything you say. Funny enough, he didn't do a crime. That's his, what he thought. I'm going to defend you, Liam Neeson, because that's just human emotion. And it's good. To, I want people to express when they feel racist, when they feel sexist, when they feel... Then we can talk about it and get over it instead of these random violent attacks. And I thought that was very, that's what's going on at the moment. I think, like, with Twitter, it's the worst social platform in the world. It's, it's like you're finding tweets when you're 18, 16, 15, you know, and people are getting their careers destroyed for one comment. Like we're meant to live in a society where if you do a crime, you can go back and enjoy life. You know, you can get back. So we've got the left who are meant to be progressive, who are meant to care about everyone, who at one point they'll be like, oh, murder, rapist. If they do their time, they can come back to society. But if you say a racist comment, a sexist comment, you're done. Your career's over. Like, 
You can't end someone's career. I just don't think that for a comment. You could have more empathy than that. You could have more education for that. So that's 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 an interesting thing for me that I've been thinking about lately. That um in that George Orwell book, what is it? What is it? What is it, Jamie? That's it. Yeah. Joe Rogan thing. Yeah, some idiots will laugh at that. <laughs> um, that book about society, 1981, whatever, I, don't, I forgot. But everyone's looking, you know. So that's what's going on at the moment. But it's not the right wing. It's not Trump cunts. It's not those guys looking. It's the left. The progressive people, they're looking, they're looking for who makes a mistake. Who's going to do that? Trust me, throughout the whole your life, you're going to make a mistake. You're gonna and you're gonna stuff up, and you just you need to get you need someone to hey mate, maybe you shouldn't say that. You know, have some courage like that. Don't destroy someone's career. Don't go that that person's a bad person. He's made a mistake. She's made a mistake. So like, if I make a sexist, like racist comment or like something you don't like in this podcast, message me and say, hey Delan, you know, in that process, then I'll go back. Oh, I, I agree with you, or I don't agree with you. Like an adult should do. That's how it should be. But nowadays, you get a whole, what you call, say you have a bad tweet, a Twitter. You go, fuck blacks. Something stupid like that. So And then you get a whole social, like a process where it's like, let's say, 50,000 people emailing you, t- tweeting at you, all these social justice warriors going at you. Going and sacking and sacking to the company, so you, um, people that you'll never meet. Oh, sorry about the background noise. the ambulance. Someone's probably got stabbed again in London. <laughs> Shouldn't laugh at that. Shouldn't laugh. It's bad. Little black boys dying. No one cares. But, but yeah, that's what's going on at the moment. And I think it's bad because that's when freedom of speech is very important. That's what society we are built on. And funny enough, the people that were obsessed with freedom of speech have stopped it. And what's going on at the moment is, like, I'm really... You can't... I love American politics because you can't write that. It's fucking hilarious. And it's just everything that's opposite is happening. And something that's very important is... So I think, like... So I was thinking, like... Did I think about myself as Schlanken, a brown person growing up in Australia? When did I start thinking of myself as that? And I'm thinking now, and I think it's the year 2014. That's pretty specific, Dylan. Why would you say that? <laughs> I think it's like growing up, we didn't have, I didn't have social media. We had Facebook, MySpace. I had a funny MySpace account, by the way. It's still there. If anyone wants to look, just go have a look classic pictures um and there wasn't there wasn't anything called identity politics actually things were progressing pretty well obviously it's still bad there's a lot of sexism there's a lot of racism but it was things were happening there was something we call the conservatives going back into the left like being like so they're all like they're being centric but they actually had progressive thoughts in terms of like immigration race the calling out so everything was going well and then we had, and the, and the intelligent people and people who studied a lot were making these good decisions. Then what we have 
is cool. Um, so then, then Twitter, Instagram, and all that came out. And it created a culture where everyone wanted to be relevant or, like, everyone thought their tweets, everyone thought their Instagram, like, they, they thought they're famous. It gives you these fake assumptions that this life, that you're famous, that you want to matter in your group. So if your tweet gets retweeted a million times about some social justice thing, that you're progressive. Like, in Australia, we had Black Lives Matter protests. When it's an American thing, it's, a, it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> like, like more, more people in Australian universities will care about American African Americans than the fucking Aboriginals who are the mis- mistreated indigenous population in the world. I think they're the most. In- yeah, they have the lowest literacy numeracy levels in the world compared to anyone. Aboriginals in Australia, and that's a fact. So, and that's what's going on too. So there's a lot of American. It's like the whole. So universities. So what happened? Barack Obama gets in power, and it's a good, great time. Although I'm not a biggest fan of Barack Obama, I dislike him a lot in the sense that I feel like. But I understand that he got got into this position, and I can't. I don't know what what's control. I don't know what's going on behind the pictures. And all that. So I did. I did more of my digging into that. Actually, to be fair, I actually know what's going on. So, what's going on? So in the system of America, um, if you get into power, you need there's two hundred lobby um, corporations, lobby powers. So you need favors from them, and without them, you can't have power. Um, and they just give them everything, all that. So you actually got no power unless there's two hundred lobby or one twenty five. I forgot how many lobbyists they control the power, but. It's, it's controversial like that. And also, so what's happened is the conservative Democrats, they left. They got angry. They, and they, they got angry because they weren't allowed to be themselves. And you create this new fake uprising of these middle-class men who, because they don't have a journey, probably don't cook a lamb stew, probably don't have go to meet their friends, go to footy, they felt like the world was after them. The left created it. Because they attacked this body of people that didn't need to be attacked. They literally attacked the wrong people. They should have been kept going progressive, get more in power, you know, kept kept getting better jobs, making their own companies, not joining these big corporations, which is good by the tech, like, which I like. So, that's my take on it. I don't know if I'm right at all, but. Well, it's an interesting time at the moment. I just feel like all the stuff I say is it's wrong, but I was just joking, and I like saying it because it's hilarious. I love comedy, and I feel like freedom of speech is gone because there's these new millennials, all these who can't handle it because we're not made out of glass. We're human beings. We're not fucking, you know, we can handle it. I think also, and a major thing actually, this um, psychologist, Mr. Hand, actually, I've been following him a fair bit was talking about how a lot of the new genera- Generation X, is it, the new ones, their suicide levels and um, cutting themselves, it's beyond, it's, the graphs are beyond belief. It's gone up so high. This is um, for America. Why? Because in their, so when they're growing up in like one to six, 
the teachers are so paranoid about bullying, like, their bullying is like, so if you don't get, if you're not best friends, you, some, there's problems, like, if you're not best friends, everyone's going to be best friends, you can't even have one best friend, and all that, so they're, they're not made to ever get hurt, obviously bullying's bad, obviously it fucks people up, but that's systematic bullying, that's like, like, bullying for like, long period of times, and, and that happens, and that's really bad, and, it's, and I know people that's been totally fucked from that. I've seen it. I've done it, to be fair. I've done bullying that I think about these days. Not to the extent, obviously, but, like, I've done bullying that I'm, I'm like, I, like, I question, like, morals. So morally, was it wrong or right? So that's, so that's, and they're so, then they're real, and they can't get hurt. And then they go to the real world. And the real world who are like people like us, who we go at each other, we have fun, and and we just and the anxiety of being part of their friendship group is so much anxiety because they're so scared to make a mistake, because their friendship is so unforgiving, and then when they make a mistake, they get called out by their friends and they get destroyed, and then no one speaks to them, and then they, and then they cut themselves, which is bad. And that's why I think. And also, male suicide rates extremely high. But I think it's because the uh, main thing is objectively, we don't have collective. I think the, that's why lots of males listen to podcasts. They're obsessed with Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, George, Joe Rogan. Because they loved. Everyone loves talking about conversation about this stuff, but no one does it in real life. Or not that I know of. So, and I want to do that, and I like to have substantial relations with people who do these conversations and who question my thought process because I just don't want to talk about sport and and all that. Because I, I love sport to death, but I see it as I, I, I've seen how it's, it's controlling you, the population. It's like the World Cup. It's like you know, it's, and it's like like say no, say Geelong wins the grand final. Is it going to make my life better? Do I stop drinking, taking drugs, that, all that? No. Because it's, it's just more to it. There's more to life. And it's like, does the club care about you? No, they don't. Like, you need to think that. But you need. But what I enjoy about following the football club is the whole process of me going to a football game, getting drunk, enjoying it, and being around people. That is fucking unbelievable. Seeing that it's entertaining and all that. So it's, it's, there's a massive process to this. So that's why there's a lot of stuff that you can do. So yeah, fuck, I speak a lot of shit, don't I? I've been going back to the gym lately. Now, I hate the gym. I hate the gym. Why? I think it's, I think the gym's full of people. Like I feel like it's failed athletes. Like a lot of, and they think they're athletes in there. It's not a fucking sport. A sport playing with you know playing against someone. I, and it's like, it's a, it's a vanity. Like, you see the best sportsmen in the world. Most of them, like, except they don't even have the best bodies. You see Tom Brady, you know, you see, like, all these guys, like, they just have nice athletic bodies. But that's the kind of bodies I like, to be fair. If I was gay, I would be into that little shredded guy, you know, that shredded body. Not that muscly, bulky thing. You know, you're not meant to get that big. It's just, it makes no sense. But, and it's... It, and, but it's good, but you do feel really good after it. So what I'm doing at the gym right now is um, doing a four-day split, upper body, low reps, 
um, five sets, and then then lower body, same thing the next day. Then on Thursday, higher reps, same rep, like sets, you know, five sets, 10 reps, and then lower body the next day. I'm getting great, great benefits in this. I'm back. The major thing is, I find, is just to find six exercises that you really do want to do well in. So I want to do very well in bento rows, squats, deadlifts, bench press, um, chin-ups and dips. I really want to get a good at those six things. And the other stuff is like accessories. So make it, it's a magic six. It's a magic six number. What is that? No, it's something I made up. It's like you should only get good at something. Six stuff. Six stuff in the gym. So I think everyone should do gym. Not over. You're meant to condition yourself at the gym. You're not meant to... I like to leave the gym and feel better and feel like I don't want to be killed. Like in the wild, in the wild, say if you're hunting, if you're not, you're not, say if you're hunting a lion, you wouldn't want to, if you're training, you wouldn't want to kill the lion and like hunt really hard in the morning and then fail and then look for it. You want to be slow with your conditioning approach. What a lot of people don't realize is the best exercise for you is walking. Faster walk and get up in the morning, do a 30 minute walk, then have breakfast. And that's, and that's, that's, that's enough just to be healthy. And then you do gym, accessories. So, that, so there's a lot of stuff you can do in that sense with health wise. There's a lot of sh- like shortcuts. I don't get why people kill themselves in the gym because I, I, I know there's like guys I like, like David Goggins, Cameron Hayes, who like to do that. like keep on hammering but I do I do understand that but you got to realize that they're not working eight hours in the office I like to feel better I don't want to feel like tired I don't want to get that dip that glycogen level dip like if I work out really hard in the morning like like fucking hard hard I feel shit for the day I don't want to feel like that it's like AFL players that you know, when you play when I played sport you train condition yourself during the week for that big game on Saturday you can do that for the week actually if you really want to do that, train hard. I mean, condition yourself for a really hard workout Saturday or Sunday when you can rest, when you don't have to work, think, interact, talk to shit. Hey, how you going, mate? Hey, bye. You know, stuff like that. So that's very important. Yeah, well, it's been a pleasure, guys. It's been 30, almost 35 minutes. That's enough for me. I'm going to start doing a podcast like this, I think, every Sunday or every two Sundays try to get into the habit of it please listen you know i think um i think i'll get better after i think i'll talk about stuff send me a topic that i should talk about stuff like that or my thoughts i might do a q a i can call in people stuff like that so um thanks again i'm signing out see you guys later bye